0: This is The Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 497, recorded on July 15th, 2021. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for The Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Cawson, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a stormy and, like, um, this was after the show last week, right? Uh, Friday night. Uh, Kind of a, I mean, uh, hurricane force winds, 90 mile an hour, um, no tornadoes. We are a, you know, we're in the very northern tip of Tornado Alley. We're kind of used to these, you know, pinpoint wind speeds in certain areas, but I think the whole Metro got just, just blasted 175,000 people without power. Did you, uh, you suffer any power outage during the storm?
1: No power outage. No, we, uh, it's funny. So my cul-de-sac is it splits two grids in our neighborhood and the people at the end of my circle always lose power and us at the front end of the circle never lose power. So we blipped for a second. And it's funny. All the smart home people know, you know, when your lights, when your power blips, because smart lights go into defaulting being on. So all the lights in my house just go great, which is perfect for when you have sleeping children. Let me tell you, just <laughs> blast them with light and wake them up at whatever time in the morning. Yeah. Midnight, yeah. Yeah, we didn't have any uh, electrical damage, but we did. My ham radio uh, antenna is no longer on the roof. So I put up a new one of those uh, without the mast this time. And I think everyone was wondering I think Hannah was actually out there just shoving that thing off the roof, blaming the storm. Uh, her, I along with my neighbors. In the of the storm, she's oh, cutting supports. It. Yeah. I mean, I had a 30 foot, 20 foot pole stick out the top of my house. So. And oh, then yeah. we lost, you guys know, I lost my whole fence last fall. We lost a portion of the fence that belongs to my neighbor this time. So mm. uh, that went down. So the next morning, you know, I put up a, a new temporary ham antenna, which is just a wire, which is great. And then helped my neighbor put back up the fence temporarily until he can get someone out to, well, to fix it. I yeah, just snapped the, uh, snapped the wood post. This right isn't on. even like the composite fence. These are solid wood fence posts that just, Snapped, which is crazy.
0: 90 mile an hour straight line winds. It was, yeah. it was crazy. Uh, I went to bed, I'd had a long week, and I uh, went to bed at 9 30. I woke up at six, uh, went to the bathroom, flicked on the light, and there was no light. And so, you know, you're kind of like, chicka, 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 chicka. <laughs> and then I hear Sarah go, Power's out. And I'm like, From what? And she's like, You didn't hear this. I'm like, I didn't hear anything. And I, I Mike, slept through like, you still have to do the whole thing. The uh, whole thing. Didn't uh, even, it sounded like was, a
1: freight train.
0: Oh, uh, I know. I know. It was, yeah. Everybody was like, it was super intense. So um, uh, I quickly, it was like six when I got up, and I didn't want to start running the generator, you know, at, at, and we've talked about this on the show before. So I waited till seven, pulled the generator out, and um, I feel like I, oh, I must have talked about this on Ask the Podcast Coach. That's why this. That's why this feels uh, like I've talked about it. Well, and we talked
1: before. about it a little bit this weekend.
0: When you came over?
1: When I came over. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So pulled the generator out and uh, got the fridges plugged in. You know, you feel the ice cream first. That's mm-hmm. that's the indication. That's the canary. <laughs> that's a good in call. It, right? If, you know, it was a little soft. So we uh, got the generator fired up, fridges plugged in. And then I ran, and I learned the last time this happened, have a bunch of strip power strips to go on the end. You can plug all those things in because then, they can plug it, you can plug in fans or power, you know, for, you know, to recharge your phone or whatever, right? Um, we're okay without a, without a stove or even the microwave. I wasn't exactly sure if I was going to be able to power that microwave or not. I think that's a test.
1: I think yeah. I probably
0: could. It's a lot of power. But uh, I got to look into that. We didn't need it. You know, we can grill. So um, if, if we really needed it. So got, got, and then I got the Mac running. So like, I, when I, when I tried running the Windows, the big, the big Windows box, the big Core i 7 popped the breaker every time. <laughs> Just like, no, not going to get that going. So that, I have to figure, I have to troubleshoot that issue. That shouldn't be causing that much of a problem. That should run off that generator. It didn't for whatever reason. So I need to, I need to look into it. But the, the M1, the Mac, Mac Mini M1, it's basically a mobile processor. So, yeah like that fired right up. I fired the Surface Pro up. I have a, a little Atom box, fired that up, put those all on the generator. Generate, I still, I wasn't even 25% at that point. So I had most things, the important things. Let's just be that, that way, the important things. I told Sammy, Hey, you can fire up your laptop if you want. And she was like, I was actually looking forward to a day of no power in reading. <laughs> she so she sat out in the living room by the light of the sun and read a book and i was oh how 1850 you know <laughs> type thing um which was great uh when i went out to check on the generator my neighbor was out there and i said hey you got an extension cord can i plug in your your fridge and uh, he was like oh that'd be great so he brings the extension cord out uh, about half an hour later i'm on the other side of the yard checking things and my other neighbor is out there i said hey Do you got a long extension cord? I can get your fridge and deep freezer. He has a deep freezer. He's like, yeah. So he brings those over. We plug him in and still not even, I'm barely at 25% on the generator, which is super great. So we got the neighbors, we kept the neighbors' um, refrigerators going. We uh, kept power at least to the houses in here. They could charge their batteries, you know, their phone batteries or whatever they needed to do. I got some very nice uh, compliments from them. A little Panera gift card today for power, and just be a good neighbor, right? Yeah. So the generator—it's already paid for itself. Mike, the last time we lost power, I lost my mind. Like I just—I couldn't with no power. I couldn't do anything. This time, when the power came back on, I was like, oh, (laughs) like oh darn, like okay. Now I you know get. I was really having
1: fun with that. (laughs) I know
0: it was kind of cool. I was providing my own power. So I can't listen. I can't say enough about having some kind of backup source of power out here in the Midwest in Nebraska. We lose power at least once a year in some form or fashion because of the weather. So.
1: And is this the first time you've had to rely on the generator?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. This, you got this it way. after
1: the last storm, right?
0: Yeah, I bought Which it. was well, last we,
1: fall that when I lost my fence was when you were out of power, I think for a couple of days, weren't you?
0: And that one, I still didn't have fall fence. No, that one, I still didn't have the generator. I didn't buy it. Yeah. It was your fence before or after the lockdown. During. I bought it during the lockdown. So I did have it. Yeah. Mine I was during. Yeah. yeah okay. no, I did have it. Well, I don't think we lost power that storm, but okay. so having it though, just, um, just, <laughs> just fantastic! Like it just totally changed. If you asked me, what's the best thing I bought in the last two years? It'd be that freaking generator. Like, um, I, the don't get me wrong, I love my Legacy, my my Subaru Legacy now, but the generator made it so easy. But it did cause me to think through a few things. Like, I probably need to label the co- the power cords on the ends so I know what they're going to. Because oh, to that's re- smart. I had to reconfigure a few things. I'd done a pretty good job, like, all the networking equipment, the modem, the switch, which we're going to talk about with you here in a minute, Yeah, the modem, the switch, all those things, the HD home runs, they're all on one power strip. So I can literally just take that, and they, they actually all go into a single UPS. So I can just unplug that UPS, plug it in, the UPS recharges again it had completely wiped out all my UPSs because the power went off and then I didn't wake up to shut them off. Right? Right. So when I woke up, they were all completely dead. So getting those recharged. So I think I may go around and label the important, like, it, it probably just makes sense to make sure I, I know what I want running during a power outage. And I have the, I'm not talking about necessarily writing down what's on them, but just having them labeled. So I know which ones to grab, to plug into the extension cords. Yeah.
1: Like during the outage, grab all orange labeled, you know, cords exactly. and, and go.
0: Yeah. You just make them in. I had a buddy make me some really long extension cords years ago, big, thick, you know, like eight gauge or 10 gauge, whatever Dang. it is. Big, thick. Yeah. And they they one plug uh, on one side and then four outlets on the other. I have three of those. And so I can get I can position those around the house. Now you should be asking me, like, why haven't you just had your house wired so you can plug the generator into the I just haven't done it yet. It's <laughs> expensive. It is expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So uh, pretty successful, I think. Uh, now I'm a big generator advocate. I mean, I was one before. But I, I really do think that's one of those things like having UPS devices on your equipment for brownouts. If you live in a situation, that I, I got this generator. You know, uh, March of the pandemic for seven fifty, and you know it was a fifteen hundred dollar generator. So that's maybe Indeed. one of those things to add to your slick deals. If you're thinking about like if that's if that's you, you're losing power. Uh, now it'll take a couple. I think it would actually take a couple power outages for that thing to make sense from losing meat and food and perishables, right? But man, the peace of mind that I had was, was pretty great.
1: Well, and there's a lot of other, you know, camping, a lot of other use cases, you know, for ham radio field day. I want a generator for that, Mm -hmm. um, for going out and running radios in the field. Um, all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mine's on wheels, pretty big size. Not something you'd carry around. You'd you'd probably, but they do. Honda does make those kind of carrying versions. They're grand. They're pretty expensive, but they're small, generate quite a bit of power. Very portable, so oh, yeah, just one of those gadgets, kind of one of those home gadgets that, like, all of a sudden I have a whole new respect for. One of the things we lit, you know, we lit candles uh, early on, but those candles put out heat and when your air conditioning's not working. So, Sarah picked up off of Amazon uh, four little uh LED lanterns, you just pull up, you, you know, they have three uh triple or double A batteries on the bottom, you just pop them up, they stay lit, they stay lit forever. Like, that's yeah. the beauty of. Of LED lighting now is it just doesn't ever really? I mean, it's kind of magic power, kind of magic light. So we picked up four of those uh, for the next power outage. So um, pretty fun. We had. I mean, it's crazy to think that. I almost lost my mind the last time we did this, and this time I'm saying, no, oh, it was pretty fun. We had a good time. Yeah. So,
1: well, we yeah. were talking about too, like the nerding out factor of man, how far can I push this generator? And look how much I can power. And there's just like something about that that's yeah. rewarding a little oh, bit, that's and, right. and fun, that's and addicting, right? right. right? That's right. when you were over,
0: we talked about building a box yeah. that would would come out of the 240. So it's got a 240 um, outlet. So we would take that into a box and build some smarts into the box that would monitor the power going out of those switches and right, maybe maybe some individual
1: kind of, turnoffs with each of the outlet, yeah, right? so some, you yeah. can
0: monitor it like w- when you're away from the house. I wouldn't leave because I didn't want to necessarily leave the generator running with no one home right type deal i'd bought a lock so i'd lie lo- i bolted it or i locked it to my gas line so that you know nobody'd go you know rolling off with the thing although that's maybe not the best way to the best thing to, to lock it to but that's what was there <laughs> maybe i should put i am i'm gonna in.
1: steal this and blow up this guy's house and all house in one gonna... fell swoop <laughs>
0: Yeah, he might be right. I should rethink that strategy. How'd
1: your house blow up? Well, a guy stole my generator. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Don't even, don't even start on that. Don't even start. The, um, mm, shoot, where was I going with that? Um, Building the box, though, to track
1: everything right. Like a smart box.
0: Yeah. Now, that's going to seem kind of funny after what we're going to talk about tonight. (laughs) That's going to seem a little funny post in the post show about that. But when you were over uh, picking up the beer, we talked about like, yeah. What if we What if we built this kind of distribution box and had all
1: this? It'd oh, be so stuff. much fun. <laughs> we'll that I mean, that yeah. right there is like ham radio. That's what I love about it. like building go boxes for your ham radio and building the radios. Like that's what I mean. Mm. It keeps me in the hobby. Jo-
0: uh, Joe is now in the chat room. Joe in the pre-show, we we opened your love honey. Oh, yeah, it's delicious. Uh, and it lost forty, and it's super good. We did a little little pre-show beer poor there. So thanks for sending those. Joe sent those from Arkansas. So we appreciate that. Um, Big thanks to Rich Hay, who joined me last week. Um, um, We had a really good time uh, uh, with Rich. And Rich can go on for a while. And when he did his own podcast, he was really good and really fast. And so if you want to get a lot of information about Windows 11 on that and get caught up with Rich Hay, always a good time with Rich. I mean, he just is, he is a pro. And so if you haven't gone back and listened, if you want to kind of get caught up on I what I think are the most important parts of Windows 11 for most people, uh, go back and listen to last week's episode. A good, some good coverage on it. I want to thank um, Rich for coming on. We thank our Patreon subscribers as well. We haven't done that in a while. But if you're currently a Patreon subscriber, uh, appreciate uh, you and the, and the work that you do to keep that going. And of course, that helps us do what we do here. So appreciate you guys. Doing that as well, and then uh, Mike, quick, since it's just the two of us, quick crypto update. Crypto's yeah. been fairly flat. I mean, flat to down, right? How are you
1: feeling? How are you feeling right now about crypto? I like it. <laughs> uh, well, I should I should clarify. I like Ethereum. Um, I think Ethereum's a, a hot buy right now. Again, not financial advice, not legal advice, but um, Ethereum Maybe. actually was under two thousand today. Yeah.
0: And yeah, I think
1: that's a good. My point.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you want to join, if you haven't done it yet, and a lot of you have, and to appreciate you guys doing that, but if you head over to the average slash Coinbase, you can sign up for a Coinbase account. You deposit 100, you get 10, I get 10, and uh, it's a pretty good deal for everybody all the way around. Just know what you're doing when you get there. Like we always just say, use Coinbase as an opportunity to get familiar and educated around crypto. We don't want anybody doing anything crazy. I'm with it. But uh, if you want to join us in that, guy.tv slash Coinbase uh, to get that done. Did you need a second, Mike, or did you have, did Um, you want to show something? I needed one second. Oh, okay. Um, Well, nothing like just calling it out so we have this awkward, (laughs) so we have this awkward moment. We've, um,
1: Oh. No, I, uh, so I was, I was at dinner with a client essentially. And this is what oh. I, So I was at dinner with a client. I left a little bit early. He just texted me saying, Hey, can I swing by? I left my computer in your car. Oh. So I'm trying to just real quick coordinate to my wife and go unlock the car. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, no, no sweat. Um, on that one had a good opportunity, um, this week really after having rich on the show last week, um, had a really good opportunity this week, to just kind of handle windows 11 on my surface pro. And uh, I'll be honest, it's kind of ready. There's a few things that aren't that, that aren't, but it's kind of just Windows 10 with some polish. So if you haven't tried it yet, uh, I I, I think it's ready to try. (laughs) If you haven't, uh, if after the show last week, we didn't convince you to go out and join the Insider, uh, the Insider program, that's the way to get it. Put yourself on the dev channel and it'll automatically download for you. Maybe a great, great uh, time to get out there and give it a try. Put it in a VM or put it on a box. Uh, Right now, there's no requirements. They're not they're not saying what it, the box has to be. You can literally put it on anything. Um, uh, so give that a try and go out there, um, kind of get that done. Mike, two weeks ago, I uh, tried bringing you in. I had John, um, John Panazzo from Unraid. And like, dude, you like, it was weird because I was like, dude, are you coming? And you're like, the link didn't work. And I'm like, yeah. it didn't work. So I checked it, sent you in another link. You disappeared for a while. And then I was like, "Dude, are you coming?" And <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, fortunately, John uh, had a lot to say. We did a short show that week, so uh, that worked out as well. But give us a fill. We last week we said we'd fill it. What what went wrong?
1: Yeah. Well, so it was a mixture of a lot of things. So the non-response from me was due to first of all no reception in my basement, uh, one bar, and two just pure frustration. And like I was in the middle of yelling at my computer system so uh really you know to to really get started you know i started to have issues but i didn't recognize there were issues a few days earlier that week um, my nvidia shield in the living room all of a sudden was like hey i can't get an ip address i'm like well that's weird it's hardwired so you guys know i have a central server rack i have hardwire all throughout my house um and the nvidia shield is one of the things that's plugged in and so i was like that's weird Well, i didn't think anything of it i'm like okay maybe the port went bad on the nvidia shield so i switched over to wi-fi and it worked no problem, um, and I started to run into little issues like that, like for a few days. But I just, you know, not thinking too much of it, like oh, just the internet. Now nah, the internet's down right now. Like it's just, it's taking a little bit. Um, it's not doing things, or like having to reload a page a few times to get to work. Right, like it's not working. It's not working. Oh, hey, it works. It's not working. So. Um, but all this came to a head, you know, I don't, not working from home anymore. I'm never using the internet, not sit, I don't sit in front of this computer unless I'm podcasting or on my ham radio. Um, so I was already running late, got home, went to turn it on. And like I told Jim, I, the link wouldn't work. Um, and then it would start to load and then nothing. And I would try it on a different computer and it would work over there. So I'm like, okay, so the internet's up, so it should work. I thought this computer and nope, then it wouldn't work here. And then it wouldn't work there. And I was like, what is going on? It was going, I was going insane. I thought it was my router. So I'm rebooting my router, right? Rebooting that. I'm like, it's gotta be the router. It's gotta be that. Um, I'm even unplugging the ethernet from the back of the computer, thinking, okay, computer, something like that. Um, Of course, you know, after all of this, it's the very last thing I'm even thinking about checking is the main switch in the server rack was in the end, actually, what had been going bad. And so there were a lot of ports in there. And actually... After still diagnosing this, I think that it's actually a power supply issue in that thing because if I turn that switch off, I can't turn it back on right away. I have to wait like five minutes and plug it in. And sometimes even that's not enough. Maybe it's like 10 minutes. I got to let it sit unplugged, but I plug it back in and sometimes it'll turn on, sometimes it won't. So I think I've got some sort of power thing, but a lot of the ports on there have started to not fully fail. And Jim, this is what was throwing me for a loop. They weren't fully failing. It was just like, failing 90% of the time. So it would give you hope and then it wouldn't. So I didn't think it was the ethernet line because I usually, I associate those with either on or off, like working, not working. Um, And this PC that I'm talking to you guys on right now only has ethernet, no Wi-Fi. So the fact that it was like starting to load and then wouldn't, and some other websites would load. And then this one wouldn't. Um, But so I ended up having to switch all these ports around and, and finally found the ports that work, the ports that don't work. And I'm trying to label them on this thing, but uh if you guys remember, this was actually the the thirty dollar Cisco switch that I got off eBay that had a damaged faceplate. So it doesn't even have a faceplate on it. You couldn't even tell what brand this thing is if you were looking at it. So I think it's actually lived a pretty good life. Um, but Jim, this is what got me like to the point where because for me, right? Well, talk, I was talk like a little bit about your just give an
0: overview of your network setup. Like yeah, how do you have it set up with VLANs and all those. Just give yes. us a little overview of that.
1: So my overview, and this is my network, uh, I guess still as of today, um, but my network is essentially my PFSense router goes into that Cisco smart switch. And on that switch, I had dedicated certain like physical sections when you're looking at the switch. Left side is untagged because that is where my airports for my Unify uh, my Unify access points, those plug in there right? So those ports need to be untagged, but they also need POE because those access points use POE. So I have two of those. Um, and then one coming in from the router middle section is my cameras that's on a certain VLAN. So I have a certain VLAN just for security cameras. And the reason I do that is because I block all internet to everything on that network, except for one device, which is my NVR. So one of the windows boxes on there has internet access, but all the cheap Chinese cameras, all of that they can't phone home. They can only talk locally to that MVR and, and send the stuff, which valid use of a, of a VLAN. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a second, another VLAN for my main network. And there's this long roundabout story why, you know, I have to, I have to tag essentially even my main network, like untagged traffic, um, actually has nowhere to go on my network um, because essentially with Unify, my Unify controller being on Unraid, wasn't able to talk because of the way Cisco tags their devices, um, because of the way they do native VLANs on a Cisco router, doesn't work nicely with Unify devices. Um, so Cisco does it the right way, to be totally honest. Um, but the way that works with Unify and Unify access points talking back to a controller, I, all of my traffic is tagged in one way or another. So this is the issue I ran into, Jim, was because I said, okay, well, let me just pull out. I still have my old 48 port dumb switch and put it in there. Now, there was two issues with that. Number one, it has no POE. So my access points aren't going to work. And I have no injectors around here because uh, I got the access points without injectors because I had a POE switch. I didn't need them. Um, so I would have had no Wi-Fi. I probably could have whipped out maybe an old school Wi-Fi router from somewhere. Um, but the second challenge of that, I'm, I'm all VLAN and tagged up, right? So like I would have had to go in, do a new, probably save the config on PFSense, then start all over and just have a flat network. And there's nothing wrong with that. But Jim, you know, when like, when stuff's not working, you need to be on a show and you're starting to like, I need to be on it. Like it just, yeah. it's so frustrating when everything is like all the steps I would have had to go to just to get back to normal. And so in the end, I ended up just being like, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to test all the ports the ones that are working see if i have enough working ports i ended up having enough working ports to get through so still to this day <laughs> i'm i'm actually still on the i've been talking about moving away from it um but it's like you know, once that, once you get it working again, you kind of forget about your bad days that you had yeah, with it.
0: Yeah. Um, but you know, it's a ticking time bomb,
1: right? It's it's for sure a <laughs> ticking time bomb. So I've actually been in the meantime, I've been trying to get a, a Unify switch on eBay for a decent price, but those things just, they hold their value for a long time. Cause that's really what I want is a Unify switch. Uh, but they're just, they're just too expensive. So it's either go Unify or just go back to a flat network and get mm. two POE injectors go back to a flat network, no VLANs. Um, and I can still block internet access to individual cameras. It's just a lot easier to know that anything I plug into that network gets blocked by default. That was just the easy way to go about it. Um, so I I do like separating things out via VLANs.
0: Tony in the chat room says a bad power strip was the culprit of internet issues while I was having months ago, sporadic outages. So remember, as you're trying to check out all these things, it, could not even, I mean, it may not even be the device, right? It could just be a power strip. Uh Brian says, Cisco uh, might have a heat sink uh, coming. Look inside it, Mike. I'm not sure what he means by it. it might have a, might have a heat sink coming. Hmm. So, uh, Brian, clarify that for me, if you Maybe
1: would. sink, heat sink issue or something like that. Yeah. Something
0: like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so, but, you know, you, you're, you're, you know, this is kind of the question. Um Oh, and then Joe says, "Serve the home has great threads on switches too." Well, Mike, the kind of the question I have for you at this point in in your you've you've kind of already gone this route with with your home storage, which is is it all worth it? Like you've got all, I mean, yes, it's awesome, and you, but you're basically doing enterprise grade networking in your house. Yeah, And, and, okay, so it was just one incident. Like, it was one night, it was one podcast. It wasn't the end of the world. I'm, you know, I don't get mad. It's not a thing. But, but it certainly does, when you have these kinds of issues like this, it really causes you to start thinking about, like, do I just burn this whole thing down? Like, why am I adding all this added complexity? I, I, I too, with my home automation, have some Philips Hue and a Phil, at a Philips Hue uh, hub. I've replaced twice, that about every two months just gives up the ghost. Like, it just stops, makes the, makes my, my um, Defender box swirl because it senses there's a problem on the network. So I get a little red swirl. So then I got to go back through and set everything up. And then it seems like the apps are changing. So by the time I go back, because I never use the apps, right? I I put them into the Amazon or the the Google Space or whatever, So you go into then the apps have changed because they've updated, like they're updating home automation apps yeah, all the time. So you're like, okay, now where was that? How did I have that? And then you got to think, where did I put that kind of thing? Right. I mean, at what point for you is this, is this worth it? Right. Well, talk a little bit about what you did on for your storage.
1: Yeah. Well, so, and you guys know, I think I brought this up maybe about a month ago, Jim was, you know, I was considering, you know, is it worth it? And a lot of you guys in chat, some of you were with me, some of you against me on moving away from self-hosting a lot of the stuff. And I think, um, I can't remember who it was. Someone commented and really said like, you know, you know, yeah, that sounds super simple, Mike. I'm sure Hannah would be like, fine, if something happened to you and she'd have to run everything. Um, so it was extremely convenient that before this all had happened um, two weeks ago, that Essentially, for the past month, I have been gradually getting rid of self-hosted stuff. Now, not everything. Um, I still do like to self-host some things. But the main thing for me was NextCloud. So with file storage and for NextCloud for me, we were also doing calendar and contacts. And so calendar contacts and all document storage for cloud purposes um, was self-hosted by me. And there had already been a few times, you know, where... The Unraid box needed to be taken down, or internet was out, and you know I was away from home, and and I couldn't access my stuff. Like very rarely, but that had happened before, and so I already knew kind of the risks. And but that combined with kind of us getting to talking about, man, if I'm not here. Or even if I am here, let's like living, I'm talking like living here, Right. like, like I'm still alive, but still I'm on, on a, the planet. Like yes, I'm starting later. to travel a lot yeah. more. Right. And those sort of things just come up. And then all of a sudden Hannah's relying on it when it's just you. Like if it's just me, I can deal with those issues all day. But when family starts to rely on it, that's where the issue came. So um, I ended up actually switching over to OneDrive for our documents. And a lot kind of went into that decision on kind of which was the best, was it Dropbox? Was it OneDrive? Um, Really what it came down to was price. Like we were already paying for Office 365 and for the family. And you know, you can add, my mother-in-law is actually, she was on it too. So like, hey, we have a few users here that need it. And so we're already paying for the family account with one terabyte each. Uh, I really do like the OneDrive app for me, was the most convenient and similar to Nextcloud in terms of that camera button scanning documents uh doing whiteboard photos like the OneDrive app is really good the photo um automatic backup of your photo camera roll that was already baked in and it, unlike Google like or at least maybe not as much as Google they're not going to go through all my data as much so uh OneDrive was what we settled on and then for calendars and contacts we just went back to Apple so we all you know we have at iPhones and so for calendar that was fine for You can use iCloud.com if you're on a Windows machine to see the calendar and, and all sorts of stuff. So we went back to the family share because we are big shared family calendar people. That was our probably number one use of NextCloud was the shared calendars. And then contacts, we just went back to Apple as well, uh, which which worked fine. So really... Taking down Nextcloud, you know, for, because those issues I was having that Thursday night, Jim carried into the morning, um, a little bit. Right. And Hannah was working that night on her stuff. And like that would have taken down Nextcloud, Like she would have no access to her files and it caused a big issue. And then the, the hardest part about this gym is the maintenance, because not only does it go down, then it gets out of sync. Then, like when you fire it back up, it doesn't know about certain files. You have to run the command line terminal code to get it to resync and re like scan all the files. Um, it, so it's it's kind of a mess, especially if you have to restore from a previous image, because mm. um, a lot of times I would restore from an old version of the app data in Unraid, and I have this happen with Plex and everything as well. Uh, then it thinks it's last week. And it doesn't know about additions, but your computer does. And again, it just, it's all out a whack. So the maintenance of all of that was a big kind of deciding factor. And that was kind of just the tip of the iceberg of mm-hmm. me starting to just literally pull the plug on almost all of my self-hosted services. It was very liberating. Like I can't tell you when I, I had moved everything over to OneDrive, And I did this kind of in a day because on my, on the Mac laptop we have, I have access to both my account and Hannah's, which is great. So I can move her files, move my files, go back, and log back into different fourth, and switch them over to OneDrive. Um, and once I got everything switched over, and I turned the Docker off for Nextcloud, I was like, oh, like <laughs> that feels a lot better. Like I just not having to worry about yeah. things. I was also able to turn off the CloudBerry to um, Backblaze. Uh, to be two storage backup mm-hmm. of that. Cause you know, and that sometimes fails, right. And that's always running into errors. So even the backup of your data, uh, I didn't have to worry about next cloud anymore. Um, there was just a lot that was like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Kind of liberating, right? Yeah. I mean, it is, it is one of those uh, back to the chat room for a second. Um, Brian gave us clarifications uh, uh, quite possibly. He's talking about the heat sink. Oh yeah. Off. So getting too hot, that would be your, an indication of why it takes 5 or 10 minutes after you unplug it, the capacitors or whatever's in there cool down. And then you plug it back in and it works for a while till it gets a certain temperature, usage. You know, you think about, a, you think about that kind of equipment, you've unplugged it, everything goes down. You plug it back in, it works great for a while. You start plugging yep. things back in, you run something through it. You know, I never had any idea just how hot those processors inside routers get based on traffic. like Oh, I didn't know that either. Well, think about this. They're processing all that Wi-Fi traffic that's coming across. Yeah, that's true. The more devices you add to it, the more processing they have to do. They're not unlimited, infinite processors, right? They've got to move traffic, right? It's not complicated, but the more you do, you think you leave those things on 24-7. They never cool off, right? You never turn them off. That's why they they go so, like the cheap ones, that's why they die so fast. Uh, Joe says, Aruba or uh, Brocade, cheap options for 10 gig. Oh, that's good to know. Uh, Brian says, get a Cisco SG250X-48P. Yeah, because that's not complicated. Small business model with everything you need.
1: Well, Brian, okay, so two questions. And this is actually a question I had for you guys. Do you still, is Cisco still in the old model where number one, you need a service plan with them? And number two, I have to program everything through the CLI. Because like the CLI interface on all those is just like I, I learned it enough to get that Cisco switch programmed and VLANs done and, and shrunking tr- and all that stuff. Uh, but I, I don't really want to do it again. That's why I want Unify.
0: Cause I love the interface. Joe says there are standalone NVRs that have built in POE switches isolated from your main network. So
1: yeah, that's a good idea too. Well, I but, run it on a windows machine cause I'm still a sighthound guy.
0: The point is, <laughs> do you need that all? Do you need all of that? Like, you know, you do, um, uh, so, I've I've been, I have an unrate server and I have a Drobo and I have a Moro data box. Yeah. Right in here. I've got 80 terabytes of storage on the Chia server. Like, do I well, yes, I need that. But when we think about the storage, so when the power went down, um, the Drobo came back and a drive had failed. And it, it was absolutely because of the power failure. Like there's no, I mean, it just went down, stopped spinning. That's an old two terabyte drive. And, and so the thing is screaming, when I bring it back, the Drobo screaming at me like, Hey, like I need to drive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I <need a> drive. <laughs> right. It's just dying on me. And it's just, it's all kinds of warnings are going off and I'm getting all these messages. I did order two more four terabyte drives to put in there. So now I have five, four terabyte drives. It had been three, four terabyte drives and two, two terabyte drives. And, and I was like, okay. Now is the time they were 60 bucks each to get those four terabyte drives and they can all match. It's kind of restoring right now. But it was one of those things like, okay, is what do I get? Like if the power outage had taken out the Drobo, or if the power outage had taken out Unraid. And listen, I just goof around with Unraid. Like I have it, but I just goof around with it. But you still got to bring it up and 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 you 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 say, Well, I'm just gonna test with it. And then it, well, it's there. I might as well put some data on it. And then pretty soon you're putting data that you need on it. And then you're like, oh crap. And you got to relearn. I don't know about you, but I don't mess with the things enough. I have so much of it that I don't mess with it enough that every time it goes down, I've got to figure out like, all right, how do I fix this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what did I do last time? You know, what is, where's is this thing at? And so it, it, it causes me, you know, every time I go through this, I start thinking, I should start burning some of this stuff down. Like just like you got me thinking, like, I I need to move all of our in in actually a good chunk of it's already on OneDrive. So that kind of helps, but I need to get all that stuff on OneDrive in a family situation. So I'm not having to monkey with it, right? Yeah. Just simple is better, I think.
1: Yeah. And and you know what I'm what I'm not saying, because I, I imagine there's gonna be a lot of listeners who are like, what? Like Mike was like me <laughs> self hosting guy. I still love it and I still think you should go through the exercise and if you enjoy it and if it works for you, keep it up. You know, it was just to, and if you have the time to devote to it, like it is awesome and it is so much fun. I love the self hosting community. I'll always be a a proponent of it, but um, for where I'm at, I didn't have the time to maintain it, the stress of it. Um And there was just so much stuff that was like, oh, gosh, like it was just causing inconvenient issues. um So definitely play with it. Definitely still fire up next cloud containers. Get them going. They're fun. They're awesome. Uh, but uh, but also I think the main point is here. I don't think all of us who are been traditionally self host guys like it's not shameful to pull the plug on that and say, I'm going to use the cloud like it's not. You know, like you can definitely do that. There's no, you're not going to lose some badge of honor. You're still cool. You know how to do it. Uh, so don't be afraid to just say, you know what? I'm going to admit that it's probably more convenient um, and safer for me to be using the cloud right now. So Jim, the second thing I did after obviously OneDrive um, and switch to OneDrive was, and, and this one I know I'm going to get flack for, <laughs> I actually went away from Bitwarden, um, at least a self-hosted version of Bitwarden. So I had been self hosting my password manager and that Jim honestly scared me more than anything only because I have become a 100% user of the generated passwords. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you a single password for any account I have online. Um, Each of them has a unique generated password that I use the, you know, the little what's called plugin tool. um, Yeah. The plugin
0: passwords for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Generates passwords. Then it saves it. Um, So I would have not known any of my passwords. And that was in all my secure notes and everything like that. And I'm like, that is one SSD failure away in my Unraid machine from all being gone. Like, and that happens all the time. Like SSDs fail mm-hmm. all the time. So uh, that was like, uh, you know, and I know there's backups and it backs up. Right. But also the main thing for me on that was not losing it forever. It was okay. If my, if my internet goes down or if my Unraid servers off and I'm away from the house, I have no like my passwords are all gone like I'm talking to every password mm-hmm. I have no idea what anything is good luck logging in and you can absolutely get back. anything
0: like you can you go through the process to get it back but you're talking about hours or days of work like oh uh, yeah to get all how back. many
1: resets of the yeah yeah and so uh-huh. well yeah and that's even if I can get into my email. I don't even know my Gmail password. (laughs) So I could give, I could be really stuck up a Creek. um, You know, if I didn't know, if I couldn't log into my Gmail. So
0: in theory, you'd have access to it on your phone though. Right. It would probably be signed in on your
1: phone somewhere. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, like, ideally, you know, know. that was, know. that was what freaked me You're out. You're
0: thinking worst case scenario. And, and it always is worst case scenario. Like the worst yeah. case scenario is always the one that happens.
1: Well, and that's not detrimental. You know? Cause let's say like, Oh, all I gotta do is get home and it'll power on, but it's just inconvenient. Like I'm out and what if I need to look at my bank? Like i come, I'm, you know, Oh, I need to transfer some money. Can't do that. Right. Like, that would be, that'd be tough. So, um, I actually went back to last pass. Which you know they were a sponsor of the show a long time ago. A lot of years, yeah. A lot of years. Um, and so I went back to them. Their pricing model has changed, mm-hmm. by the way, and they also have a really good family option. So that's what I went with. I think it's four dollars a month, maybe four ninety nine a month, um, for the family option. So I think you get up to five or six, um, premium accounts under that. So which is great, um, because I actually I had had my mother in law also on my but Bitwarden. So she was using Bitwarden, which was using my server. So next time we're at the farm, I got to switch her over and get her onto our family account with LastPass. Um, but but yeah, so switch back over to LastPass, mainly because LastPass is actually where I have my authenticator. So I use the LastPass authenticator instead of Google authenticator. And especially because LastPass authenticator actually backs up your codes to LastPass. So if you ever lose your phone, wipe your phone, and you don't restore from the backup. Um, those are actually backed up through LastPass, which is fantastic.
0: It's a uh, good so re- now it's all
1: just one spot.
0: It's a good reminder. I have premium. I bought their premium plan. You know they they changed their they log me in yeah. now. They're logged me in, and I um I got a good price on their premium. And I need to add Sarah to it. I just realized you know in at one point it had um in and by the way going to the cloud for everything isn't necessarily the answer either because. You know, now I was noticing Sarah, Sarah the other day was logging into her LastPass. I used to have those connected, but when I, when I dropped the plan, I disconnected her, so put her back on Mm. free. So now I need to go in with Premium. I can do some backup options. I don't have family, but I've got Premium. So I've got some things I can share with her. What I really want her to be able to do is get into my passwords. I don't necessarily need her to be on my LastPass, but I do want her to be able to get to my passwords in the event something happens to me. I want to be able to get into my account. That, like my will, I haven't set up yet. And so I need, to, I need to get in there. And it, it's another one of those, those nasty reminders of like, okay, now that all of our banking information, all I've, like, um, you know, all the crypto that I have, she, not a clue. Like, she wouldn't know what to do. That reminds me, I need to, I probably need to sit down and come up with some instructions to say, Okay, here's what we got. I probably should give those instructions to you, so so that like somebody who knows what's going on. He
1: and I were having the same conversation. Because yeah. you and Jim should just swap books, <laughs> so when something happens, because you're the only ones nerdy enough to know what the other <laughs> one's doing.
0: That's true. Yeah, the, the lady would probably appreciate that just to be just to be safe. Um, yeah. total, totally honest. Um, Joe says uh, he's still using KeePass, and that's for password management. It's basically an encrypted notebook. That's local and available to you. We, we use KeyPass at, at, at Gallup. That's, that's the one they, they recommend. Um, so, and then uh, Bust Out uh, coming in from uh, Twitch. So thanks for joining us from Twitch. Bust Out it says Microsoft. And I think Google Authenticator also backs up to the cloud. And they may now, I haven't looked at those in a while okay. to see if they're, because that was always the early authenticators didn't. Yeah. And so you change phones, and then boy, I tell you what, that's the only thing worse than a lost password is a lost authenticator. <laughs> They're terrible to get back. Well, I if mean, you can't.
1: Cause that's the whole point, right? Right. Is that you need the 2FA. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. It was. And that's was why, why nice for
1: thing. most people, I recommend, I know it's not secure as secure, but it's better than nothing. And it's better than the alternative. I do. When people are asked like, hey, I need, I need an authenticator. And I'm like, well, do you have an authenticator app? They're like, no. I'm like, just plug in your phone number and have it text you the code. Yeah. Like that's the yeah. easiest, I think, for the average person. Yeah. It's still more secure than it would be without Not 2FA. as secure. It's no, definitely not but, as secure. Right. Right? right? Like it's not yeah. for a knock, but it's better than not having 2FA and the risk of you deleting that app in the future or getting a new phone or whatever. Um, yeah.
0: Joe, Joe thinks Google still does. I don't so. think
1: it does because I, I remember Google Authenticator, there's not even a spot to log in, at least on iPhone. It doesn't even have a login.
0: I don't, to be honest, I don't think it's been updated in about 10 years. (laughs) Like it looks exactly the same. It's I, I, that may be one of those products that they developed. Then that team left or did something different and they've forgotten. They have an authenticator app out there that people are using. It just hasn't really changed very much. I do. I also am a LastPass authenticator user. I like it backs it up. When you get a new phone, you just, you just reinstall um, last pass and the authenticator and it's all there. I mean, it's, it's pretty freaking easy. So, um, so that change, all those changes, Mike, you've taken some, do you miss, do you miss self hosting some of those things?
1: Yeah, a little bit, to be honest, (laughs) I do. Well, I miss it for like a second <laughs> and then I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's kind of nice, like not having the responsibility anymore. Um, and I do, I do love that the small little bugs just don't happen anymore. Right. There was always like things with Nextcloud. Nextcloud is a enterprise level app that you're trying to run as a single self hoster. And, uh, there's just little things that, you know, it's just like, there's a lot of bugs that just need to be worked out in it. By the person, not not bugs with the software, but things that come up that you need to change a setting for. Oh, you need to get in the CLI and make some, you know, updates, some indices, things like that. So, yeah, I, you know, I do miss a little bit, but honestly, with Unraid, I still self-host enough to make it fun. So I still self-host the Valheim server, um, which you know bust out. My brother-in-law still play on. Um, self-host Plex, obviously. And, and keep that running. Um, self-host my Unify controller that is being connected to by my, my I call them clients, they're friends and family who have set up their Wi-Fi networks that connect back to my Unify controller. Um, things like that, right? That, that makes sense to to kind of self-host.
0: Uh, unlimited data still, Mike? Or are you, did no. you to, to bring it down?
1: I did. And okay, so this is interesting. This is a fun little fact. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I all I wanted to do was eliminate my, so my Cox bill was $162 a month. Um, and that was 100 and 112 for uh, gigabit internet and 50 for unlimited data. I mean, that's a lot for unlimited data. You're talking, you know, 50% of your bill um, at te- being tacked on the top. So I got on the chat and I was messaging this guy and he's like, who am I talking to? I'm like, this is Mike. Can I just remove this? They're like, oh, sorry. Your account's under Hannah. Like, so we need her. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, what? I just want to remove like unlimited data. And like, sorry, it's Hannah. So, so then I type, okay, this is Hannah. Can you please approve this? And and they're like, no, sorry. Since you started the chat as Michael, we can't. And then, and this was after I had waited like 30 minutes in chat, which I thought was weird. Um, So I I was like, fine. You know what? I'm just going to go on the website. Long story short, Cox has switched their whole model around and you can actually, even for existing customers, if you have run past your promotion period, you can go back and redo all the plans. Well, there was a new plan that didn't have unlimited with gigabit for $90 a month instead of 115. Yep. Yep, That's what I want. Yeah. So not only all I was going to continue to pay my full price and just get rid of the 50, but since they pissed me off so much, I went to the website and found out I can get a $25 discount Plus, remove the unlimited data just by submitting a new order, and so I didn't have to talk to customer service. I just said, "This is the service I want. I want the I want the gigabit for ninety two dollars with no unlimited data," and then my whole thing just switched over. So that was kind of cool, but I, I kind of I was like, Let's "Yeah, you make me make me a jerk on you know chat." Or, yeah, you know, yeah, which is yeah. crazy because I know I'm an authorized user on it because I've called them a million times and they. They just asked me like, oh, yeah, we see your names on here as an authorized user. It's her old account from when she had an apartment when we were in college that we've just kept for years. Um, But, yeah, so I got rid of unlimited Internet, mainly because, you know, without self-hosting a lot of this stuff and trying to cut back. And
0: and You know, I wonder if the same thing would work. Like, say, you call them and threaten to cut it off. And sometimes they give you a deal like you're like, I'm switching. Sometimes they give you a deal and sometimes they don't. So just let them actually turn it off for, for whatever. And then just go right back in and reorder it. Now you're saying you can do that without even interrupting the service. You
1: can. Yeah. So as long as you are outside of your promo. So like I had the two year discount for gigabit when it first came out, that two years has expired. I was then paying full price and you can always go in after your 24 months are done and, you know, get a new Deal, and it was literally click click done. Not like I have to call them, not anything. It was split. that's what I want. Um, so they've kind of redone a little bit of that, and you know they bumped up during COVID. They de- bumped up their data cap by twenty five percent. So now you get one point two five terabytes right mm-hmm. yes. per month. Yep. So you know twelve hundred and fifty gigs is should be good enough. My problem that I run into is video games uh game updates and everything those are like 80 gigs a pop so that those are those are sometimes hard to swallow especially when my windows machine ea access is we were talking about this last week with Rich Hay a little bit finicky sometimes i had already downloaded fifa and then when i launched up ea access it was like you don't have fifa i'm like yes i do literally the file is right there i can and the ea access doesn't say like locate file like i can't point it and say no it's right here so it just says i can't find it um and then it When you install it, it puts it right back where the old one was, which is great. But another that that was another eighty gigs off my cap. Like, oh man, oh yeah. Now 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 I'm like the old man watching the like the thermostat. Like, don't touch the thermostat. We can't. That's that's money.
0: What are you downloading? What are you downloading? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We've actually since my son left, there has been a steady decline. I was able to. I feel like I've. I, I feel like I've been working us off meth. So, like, I, I, I came down a little bit, you know, okay, got down to sub-2,000, right? And then, okay, we're down to, I can, I can get back to the, the plan, the 1,800 plan, right? Now yep. then I can get down to the 1,200 plan, right? And start so, and I think last month, Slow we did 800. Wean. Yeah, yeah, just kind of weaning ourselves, you know, it's like yeah. a, di- it's like a diet, right? um And I think last month I did 800 gig and so i'm like okay yeah we're back uh we're back in business i don't have to worry about it but you know it doesn't take much um to you know a few big files a few games like it doesn't take much to push over uh to push over that so there's yeah
1: bust out says he's playing on my valheim server right now as we talk he's
0: he's in there um (laughs) must be gaming and listening i don't know how you pay attention to us in game i don't hear anything valheim is such like a yeah.
1: just a very laid back game.
0: So Mike, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I haven't had the problems you've had, but I am a little frustrated with all my lighting. Like I, I mentioned the Phillips Hughes not working really, really well. Some of the other Wi-Fi bulbs I have are being finicky. And I, I kind of, you know, I was talking with Ed Sullivan about this just the other day. And he's like, yeah, you know, there's that hard point that, that, that really hard moment when you walk over to the, wall and flick the switch up and the light comes on, <laughs> you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I know, you know, I've got all these routines, light comes on, goes 50% during the time and the sun goes down to the time. And when you're setting all that stuff up, you're like, man, this is freaking cool. And then it just takes it all to go down for one, you know, I got home, I'm running home assistant on the, Unraid. I haven't logged into that for a while. Then you're like, okay, how do we do this again? Where does this <laughs> go? Should I just do this all on, uh, on, on, on an, on an AM, you know, on an Amazon device? Or should I let Google control it? I was on, um I was on a Marv's show, uh, um, Pod, Pod Nuts Pro. And he would ask me about home automation. And I fully think, He was expecting me to have this really positive outlook on it. And I'm like, it's hard. Like it's still not ready. I don't know if lighting is still ready for the average guy. Like it's kind of a convoluted, complicated mess. It's expensive. It's gotten cheaper, but it's expensive. You know, switches are weird. Installing switches are weird. Like when you get a smart switch, that's a different beast. Like it's got all these holes in it, <laughs> you know, and you're like, where do these wires go and what are yeah. they doing? And you get the instructions. They don't make any sense. And, you know, um, I was installing one in the garage and the, of course the outlet box in the garages are, are in the garage. I just have one, are metal. And I, I, as I was putting it in, I brushed. <laughs> yep. Done. Gone. Popped. Yep. Gone. Like, well, yep. there went that switch, you know, <laughs> that G, let the genie out of the lamp. Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, the the last thing I really, you know, I've been thinking about going off, getting the garage door automated. And then I'm like, do I really want one more thing? Somehow the, the, so for the forever, I have a ring, a ring door bell on the front and forever the, the, that the battery's charged off the power that's coming in for the, you know, for, for it. Right. 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 There's a wire that comes in. It's worked forever. Not anymore. Like, like <laughs> five weeks ago, it just stopped working and the batteries. Now I got to go out every two weeks and change that battery to make that thing work every two weeks on that. And you're like, okay, this isn't going to work. I'm going to have to track. Now I got to go down. I got to find where that wire goes to. So whatever I'm assuming it's go, it's goes to a transformer somewhere in the basement yeah. here that I got to find. I didn't set up the transformer initially, so I have no idea <laughs> where it's at right and um and so you are like seriously,
1: yeah, like I'm burning uh, it all down Just so like I,
0: yeah. and, and literally, literally with the front door the, so I can watch my Amazon guy deliver a package or I can watch Sarah get the mail like you know you 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 kind of start thinking like. Really? Is this all really, like, it couldn't this, you know, I think for the longest time, especially the gadgets in the, in the home, lighting, garage door openers, door locks, we just installed them and they worked for dozens of years without any intervention. Right. And now it seems like we're having to revisit that, those devices every couple of years. I was talking to a guy, who was it? I was talking to a guy the other day neighbor, maybe. And I was complaining, we were complaining about the, the Echo devices, right, the Amazon Mm -hmm. devices. And I said, you know, we swear ours are getting deaf because, like, they're, they're, they're missing things that we're saying, like, they've gotten worse, not better. And you would think, okay, you know, they'd be installing uh, updates to them. And they, you know, why would a device like that, I mean, we even took one apart to see if it, the microphone part that, of it. That's had, what I was just going to ask. Yeah. It gotten like plugged up. It is in the kitchen. So it gotten plugged up with grease. And he said to me, this is the most profound thing I'd heard all year. He goes, you don't think Amazon's doing what Apple did, where they purposely cripple their old, old devices.
1: devices?
0: <laughs> then I started thinking back like, okay, which, oh, it is all the old devices. Is that, it? It is. It's all the old ones. They can't hear. Now, Okay. Insert jokes, right? Haha. Ha, get in a hearing aid, all those yeah. kinds of things, you know. But you got to kind of wonder, like, I mean, Apple did it, right? Apple crippled their phones so that, yeah. it, you know, and that's been a documented, it's, <laughs> they admitted to it. What would keep, you know, what keep good old Jeff from like, Hey, let's, you know, let's get him to upgrade to those show tens.
1: Well, yeah. especially because when everything's done in the cloud, all the processing is done in the cloud, there's no reason we would need to upgrade for a long time. Yeah. There's no batteries. They're All the processing is done in the cloud. Like, what do I really need? Like, that thing could last forever and be fine. So, yeah, yeah I, I can see being right. Now, that being said, I have not had any issues. And okay. we have all old devices. Hmm. I even, my, um, I don't even have one right down here, but my, uh, the mini versions, what are those called? The... Um, Dots, the dots, yes, yes are yes. like the flat hockey puck style. Yep, yep not even rounded. Yep, right. Yep. I have a bunch of those, and I have the cylinder that you and I got at the very beginning, like the very first one they released. That's the cylinder I have, and I haven't had any issues. Ours are actually pretty darn good. They haven't started giving us any issues yet.
0: Well, uh, man, ours, and it could be proximity of where they're at, Uh because they hearin' you. yeah, yeah. Like I we will, do have issues
1: of two hear us. That's true. Yeah, uh,
0: sometimes I'll start a timer in the kitchen. The living room starts the timer and you're like, seriously, you're on the other side of the wall. Could yeah. you, can you not be smart enough? Like to, for proximity, they, they talk about how smart these things are. They're not and, on proximity.
1: <laughs> we'll say something in the kitchen and like the kid's bedroom down the hall is like responding. Yeah. I'm like, where, like, how was that? All okay. Right.
0: Chat rooms, chiming in. Joe says, wonkiness is why I've avoided smart lighting for the most part. I tried a couple of Shelly switches and they're great but super complicated, yes, to wire up. True story, super complicated on some of these. Bust Out says, I have a Google Nest, or uh, I have the Google Nest smoke alarms. I'm dreading having to replace them all when their 10 years is up. Now, Bust Out, if you get 10 years out of the device, you're doing pretty well, just to be honest. In some cases, Mike, we're replacing these things because they stopped servicing them after 3 years. Like we're right. getting maybe three to five years on some of these things. So,
1: well, that's what I was, so what is the 10 years? Is that a thing from Google saying they're not going to support it after 10 years? Or is that, does it not have a replaceable battery?
0: Service that goes with it service? or something okay. along those lines. So bust Got out, it. you can, you can jump in there on that one. Uh, Brian says they picked up some wifi models, which is uh, when my smart things hub was discontinued. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a debacle right there, Like right, Smart things. Yeah. things. Huh, we're done. We're not doing this anything anymore. And you're like, uh, but wait, like didn't Lutron or not, wasn't Lutron who did, we had Dwayne on and he talked about it. Was it, what was the brand? They stopped carrying them and then they just shut it off.
1: Oh, Lowe's, yeah. uh, yeah. The, the Lowe's brand.
0: Yeah. What did they use? So they'll get it in the chat room. But, um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's a real thing, um, as well. Uh, Tony said pretty good luck with the, with the, uh, sink or the C by G E a uh, direct connect bulbs on Google home, uh, even his wife likes them. Well, you're pretty lucky there that the, that they're
1: see lighting is something that works. Okay. For me only because to get it set up, maybe not. Uh, thank you. Iris, oh, right. Um, uh, but, uh, but the lights, I, I we do all of our lights through a lady. Um, I do have some automations and home assistant that are automatic. All the our same lighting brand? sends to work all the same brand. no, Mm-hmm. 10 different brands, I swear. Yeah. I don't know. I just get always the cheap ones. Whatever's on sale on Amazon, I'm grabbing those, whether they're Wi-Fi Now that I have, um,
0: Zigbee or yeah, but when go, Zigbee. When they yeah, go, when they go, Mike, you got to figure out like, w- w- which one was this?
1: Yeah. Right? I mean, well, okay. Then I just put a new bulb in.
0: Yeah. But I mean, you're still like now that is, that was part of a group that you put in. Oh and then, yeah. Right like i just hmm.
1: haven't had any go with bad yet i still have the same uh uh phillips hue ones that i got way back in the day i mean i remember i was back in my apartment before the house when you and i were podcasting together when Mm -hmm. i got those phillips and those have it so i haven't had a smart bulb die on me yet those leds last forever
0: they do uh alex says for the smoke detectors i think they guarantee that they'll work for 10 years in general Mm -hmm. you should charge them uh, or you should change them every 10 years and that's that's a pretty good rule anyways. Google hard-coded them not to work past the industry wow. lifespan. Yeah. I, I think, which is smart, like, yeah, you should, ins- you should be replacing these anyways. Now, this goes into the, the topic of, should the manufacturers be artificially crippling things based on the, uh, you know, like, this is a safety device. In, in theory, it makes sense to say yes every 10 years, but then from a consumer standpoint, well, What what if I want that thing? What if I want to keep it for eleven years? Like shouldn't that be my choice?
1: I think of that as more of a safety risk because I'm the type of person that thing dies and I'm just throwing it away. Yeah, and then I and then I'm not going to replace that thing for probably a year until I remember, like, oh yeah, I need to get a smoke detector and put it in there. Like that's just the type of brain I like. I'll just forget. So I'm like, you should just let it continue on until it truly dies, because for me, you're what is it? It's going to shriek at me until I throw it away or take out the battery or something. It will. I don't know. Yeah. On the battery side. I'll probably just take out the battery.
0: Yeah. You smash it (laughs) on the wall. You know, it's really ugly, but I've gone to taking a black Sharpie and putting the date I purchased the thing right in visible view to, to be like, okay, I know it looks ugly. I know it does, but it, it, it reminds me every time like, oh yeah, yeah, I installed that thing on this day. Because those, those really, you don't, they are safety devices. If they say 10 years, you should replace them every 10 years. That's the way it goes. The, the point I was trying to make is, do we really want the, the manufacturer dictating that to us and not giving us choice? Like, hey, 10 years and then we're crippling this thing. Yeah. That's not really, I mean, that's not consumer choice at that point. And, and I'm, you know, it's just a debate. I'm not, I'm not saying one way or the other. Just kind of wondering if that's really what we want. Is the manufacturers manufacturers dictating that?
1: Well, it was a solid year. So I installed Simply Safe. I had had, but my house came when I bought it with a security system like already installed, pre-installed when the home was built and the smoke detectors that were part of the house were integrated into that old security system. Mm-hmm. Well, when we cut the cord on that old security mm-hmm. system, literally cutting cords up in the attic and I had installed SimpliSafe, I didn't even think about the fact that I had completely eliminated all the smoke detectors. So we there was about a year and a half to 2 years oh. where we didn't have a single working smoke detector. And I didn't I didn't even think about it. I'm like, "Oh yeah, those were powered and connected to the old security system." So Bust Out
0: says, California banned the sale of smoke detectors with replaceable batteries. The batteries are rated for 10 years. They should be replaced every 10 years. And, wow. And yeah, there you go. Right? California, so, look at you go. Yeah, not a lot of choice in California.
1: <laughs> no, just.
0: <laughs> not a lot of consumer This is what choice. the people are going to do. Move to Nebraska. No, just kidding. Um, uh, it's good. Listen, <laughs> what, are you saying, are you saying they shouldn't move to Nebraska? I know I'm saying they should. Okay, good. Yeah, because we like it out here. We, we just, have freedom it's wild, here. <laughs> it's the Wild West out here. Everybody's <laughs> carrying guns and the open, open holsters, and we, oh, have yeah. gun, we have gun battles in the street all
1: the time. So that's how Jim duels. and I solve our duels. We still. You know, was, last week I had this full finger, <laughs> and then this week.
0: That's how we solve. Yeah. That's how we solve solve duels. Well, Mike, I. I the, all this is causing me to really rethink my infrastructure, <laughs> like. Like, ah, do I really need, now I say this and then I'm going to, so let's just say I'm going to go, like, I don't really need the unraid server. And then I think, well, it's really not that bad. And, you know, it's, I, I got Home Assistant running on it and I keep, I store some of the Chia plots that I use for crypto on it. It's doing its thing. Why, why just leave it running, you know, until it doesn't. And then I'll get all pissed that I've yeah. got to figure out how to, how to fix it.
1: Or, or don't be
0: reasonable with me now. Okay? No, no, I'm not. I'm not.
1: <laughs> what I'm going to say is, cause you know, me, Jim, all, all me switching was when I switched to OneDrive. I switched. That was just a project. I had just gotten bored yeah, yeah. in two months. I'll be back on next right, I just right. needed something to do. Right. So like, right. or you're just right. have fun with it, take it all down and put it back up together. Cause like you and I have talked about that, the setting up of a new service and the setting up is like. All the fun for you. And oh, me. for sure. And for then sure. it starts running great. And we're like, well, that was kind of boring.
0: Yeah. You know? It's like crypto. So
1: now I'm bored. Yeah. Crypto so, is the same way for me. I so set we'll these things up. In. And then exactly. I go,
0: then I get them all set up and I mess with them. And then I'm like, well, this is boring. Yeah. You know?
1: Half I'm the just, fun for me with running NextCloud was hitting the check for updates button. See if there's a new uh, version of the NextCloud out. Yeah. And then what's that going to break? And what am I going to have to fix? You know?
0: <laughs> no, totally. Totally. Last question for you, Mike um so i've got an extra two terabyte hard drive brand new one that i thought i'd mm-hmm. pair with the mac okay. to to be the new kind of the new because i had been backing up time machine to the drobo that works right. out really really well yeah but then had these drobo problems and the drobo is kind of slow and i had and this is actually,
1: drobo direct connector network
0: networked okay network for okay. sure um and uh it was efficient work that way. Um, you know, the the time machine backup keeps as many. Um, I, I didn't really spend a lot of time configuring my time machine backup. I just
1: you don't need set to. It. Okay, there is not many things to configure. Yeah. Okay, good. It just says click done.
0: Yeah, done. Set to Drobo. Should I leave it? Should I put it back? Now I have extra space on the Drobo. I have four extra terabytes on the Drobo because I put these two new drives in there. Yeah, or should I take one of those two terabyte drives and give it a dedicated? you know, via USB, give it dedicated backup to the, to, to a single drive. So NAS, backed up drives, I'm not going to lose it because it goes down. Now, it's a backup. So in theory, if you lose that and you've still got the computer, right? So I think that, what, what would be your preference if you had the choice between backing it up to a NAS? A chat room asks you the same thing. Give me some advice. Back it up to the NAS, back it up to a single, single drive, Um, two-terrible.
1: So my my advice would be, because it's a desktop that is never moving. I would go direct attached with that two terabyte. A um, couple reasons, obviously a lot faster when you're talking about the time it takes to backup or to restore. Um, if you had to restore over your network, let's say in the event you need to use your time machine um, a couple, you would only have to use your time machine. Number one, if you deleted a file, you didn't want to, or, your whole computer dies and you can actually restore your whole computer from time machine, uh, which is pretty nice. Um, that plus the addition of the one thing time machine is terrible at, unless you install an additional piece of software is scheduling. It just decides it's going to do its backups right in the middle of your podcast and uh, not taking up your network bandwidth. Instead, just being on, you know, a USB direct connected device would, is gonna be a lot better. I, you know, I think you and I actually, when I was on my Mac, you started into that problem. Um, where it would start backing up to my NAS for time machine right as we were doing. And all of a sudden, my upload would be terrible and my video would be terrible. So, uh, you know, having run into that in the past, it, I ended up switching when I had this. I actually, it's right here, the iMac. Um, I would direct connect to that. And it worked a lot better. A lot more reliable, too. Um, works well. Yeah, I could actually set multiple
0: locations, to be honest, too. I could set one to that drive and set, a, set another Can backup. up. I think i thought i saw in there where you can set multiple locations okay. i didn't
1: know but, if you could do two for yeah. well, something
0: for something to, to test with um and and i think for now just for test purposes i'm just gonna put it in a dock i have a, a single hard drive yeah dock that i'm just That's gonna put into do. it to the next it's just gonna sit right next to it fire that thing up and let it go for a while and see how that kind of works okay well you talked me into it that'll that means I've got an uh, extra two terabyte drive uh, hanging around that'll get redeployed into something else and become crypto of some kind mm-hmm. uh, over the next, uh, uh, over the, here's the deal. though. So when those drives went bad, I had the choice to either delete crypto files. I didn't really have to, it would have restored, but, or buy a new drive. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm buying a new drive. I'm, you know, you buy these things to be redundant, and then, you know, you're like, okay, I've got extra drives. I mean, I have tons of drives around here. I did take. (laughs) This is sad. Um, When I went to pick up that, I I bought that two terabyte drive online, and then it was ready in fifteen minutes at Best Buy. Oh, from Best Buy? Yeah, crazy how fast that was. Yeah, and um, and I thought, well, if I'm going over there, I should take some of my broken hard drives that I have. I have a hard drive drawer where all the I write bad on the hard drives and then put them in there.
1: I do the same thing.
0: I had nine. (laughs) I had nine. Wow. I had
1: nine. I thought I was bad at like three. (laughs) <laughs>
0: that I've collected probably over the last 10 years. You know, there's some, there was some, listen, there's a 500 gig hard drive in there. So I've had, they've been there for a while, but I was kind of like, yeah, what am I keeping these for? Am I going to build a shed out of them? Or, you know, let's get, so when I went in to pick up the, the new two terabyte drive and I got it for like 60 bucks. So it wasn't too bad. Um, When I got the new one, which is, this is why it got me thinking, well, hey, I got a new Mac I could put that put that new drive on the new Mac and, and two terabytes would be perfect. That thing's only a 500 gig uh, drive to begin with. So that should be, uh, that should be just perfect. So I took him in and the guy just looked at me. I'm like, Hey, can I turn in hard drives here? And he looked at the box He's like, uh, yeah, just set it over there. And they have like a, they have like a recycle. They don't even ask. They have like a recycle section that they just take, That's cool. They take it for him. So it um, Uh, yeah, it's a WD green, Tony. That's the, the the, I picked up another, a WD green that the, the one that failed was not a WD green. It was an old Seagate. Uh, it was an old Seagate two terabyte drive. So that's the, the one that failed it. Mike, I put it in the drive to test it and it was like, there's no, there's no saving this one.
1: No coming back from that.
0: Um, Bust Out says, he says, I spent some money I inherited on 4, 8 terabytes. Oh, nice, 4, 8 terabytes and one twelve terabyte drive. The 8 nice. terabyte drives are in my Synology. almost bought a Synology for this. And the 12 is a fa- family member Synology for off-site backup. Great way to do it. Yep. Great way. another Although off-site backup falls into the same category of complexity. Does it stay working? Does it stay turned on? Do you have to check it every so often to make sure it's doing its job. It's another piece of complexity that, you know, it's got me thinking like I have about almost three terabytes of podcasting files that two of them live, two terabytes live on, on um Backblaze. One terabyte lives on the Morrow data box. Yeah. Do I really need those? Like I asked my, like, do I need podcasting files from 10 years ago? I don't know.
1: I'm still keeping all that stuff. I still keep in my NAS, right? Like That's what yeah. I love about. I do have a bunch of local stores that's not on OneDrive.
0: Yeah. And well,
1: it, I do have it backed up. Same thing as you to Backblaze B2, but yeah. uh, probably don't need that.
0: I pay $11. I
1: probably me. don't even need the first copy locally <laughs> and how I'm paying to back it up. Yeah. Backblaze B2. Yeah. No, the
0: things, probably, we yeah. Do, Jim, things we do, Jim. Unless they decide to close for some reason. Right. Like, yeah. you know, one night they're like, yep, we're done. Right. Whatever. So, um,
1: the good news, I think, I guess you bring up a good point, Jim, if we needed to, we know how to self host stuff. Like if Microsoft was all of a sudden, like we're doubling our prices, like, yeah, okay. That might not be worth it. Right. Bring it back over, fire back up the next cloud. I didn't delete anything. Yeah, I just turned it off. So it's like, you know, we have the ability to, just moving that much data.
0: You know, that's the thing. Like when now we're starting to, we're, we're talking about moving, Terabytes of data, you know, and you got to
1: kind of talk back. about a data bandwidth cap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there was a service. What was it, man? There was a cloud based service a long time ago. I'm trying to remember the name of it where you could move it cloud to cloud. It never even came local. Oh, wow. Yeah. Somebody, somebody in the chat room, I wrote about this on, on a blog for a lot of years ago. I can't That's remember. Smart.
1: Yeah. Some of that stuff. So,
0: well, anything else, Mike? Any thoughts? Anything else you want to add in before we? wrap it up No,
1: i'll be i'll be interested i want to get your guys's feedback on this i don't know if you know it sounds like you and i are not in the minority gym it sounds like a lot of people kind of have these same general thoughts you know frustrations with stuff and switching things around um i'm sure we'll get the opposite feedback last time when i said this you all said yeah get rid of next like that sounds like what's your wife gonna do and yeah we you know we agree one drive so now i'll probably get the next cloud yeah. The fans who are like, whoa, trust. whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it'll be it'll be fun. But give us the feedback. That's what I'm interested to hear is what you guys are dealing with. Are you guys still self-hosting? Are you guys going cloud? Um, so hit me up on, on Twitter at Uyghur Tech. I'd love to get your tweets or emails or how you get old Jump into
0: the Discord group, the average guy.tv that's, that's where, should yes. yeah, that's that's that's, that's where you should go. Yeah, that's probably the best way. That's probably the easiest way to do. go. But you could still at Uyghur Tech get you there. Yeah. At Jake Holliston on Twitter. I'm doing more on Twitter. I'm actually tweeting more work stuff lately. So if you see that, you're like, What is all this strength stuff that he's doing? Okay, that's my job. That's what I do for my job. I don't, I'm not going to start a set. They want me to do more Twitter, and I'm not starting a second Twitter account. So if you follow me on Twitter, and you can't handle the strength stuff, sorry. But I do both tech and, and work. Uh, I do both work and play on Twitter. If you want to join me there, you can do that as well. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord. Big thanks to Christian over at Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. If you want to get great hosting, plans start as little as $10 a month. Uh, check it out, MapleGrovePartners.com. Uh, and let's see if there's anything else we need to do. We thank this, well, I'll just thank him again. If you're a Patreon subscriber for Home Gadget Geeks, thanks for, for all that you do. You're great. Uh, you're a great group of supporters, and I appreciate you guys and what you do every single month. Thanks for doing that. I hope you feel that. that thanks. I think I'll probably be putting another uh, meetup together here shortly to see what we can do. I know I say that, and then I don't do it. So maybe I should just do it. And uh, we'll get together and um, and do it that way. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at TheAverageGuy.tv slash live, not showing any signs of going anywhere. At this point, point. 497 is in the books. 49899 and then a big 500 uh coming up and Mike we haven't talked about it at all so i think we're just going to do a regular show i'll just be honest with you well, i'm sure we'll mention it but uh we'll get some folks booked i don't have anybody in the books at the moment it's you and me for a while we might take a week off in there i think maybe take we'll do 499 and take a week off we deserve it Right, we've done.
1: Yeah, we got to look at the calendar. I'm in San Diego one of these oh. Thursdays in August. I should.
0: Yeah, we should start looking at the calendar. We should start looking
1: at that. I know. I think it'll be end up after. I think it'll probably be 501. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe 500. And we take a break, something like that. So thanks for coming out and joining us. Never come
1: back. We just ghost you all. Just like there oh, they go. That's a good idea. Where Jim and Mike go?
0: I don't know. They did 500. And then he's just
1: <laughs> Mike <disappeared>. wiped <laughs> his whole server and then just <laughs> left. Like he told us, it's all gone. Jim said he was going to burn it down,
0: and Mike took it seriously. He just burned all his gear. That's just the way it worked. All right. We'll see you guys next week. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.